Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Clotilda. In 493 of the year of my blessed Lord Jesus, I was 18. On an autumn day, I stood at my window and watched two envoys ride into the palace courtyard. They were with my father, Chilperic, king of the Burgundians, for several hours. And after they had departed, I was sent for. The bishop was with my father when I arrived. Clotilda, I've just received two envoys from the king of the Franks. I know, father. I hope their mission was friendly. The most friendly. Clovis asks your hand in marriage. Clovis? The pagan wants me to marry? Oh, what did you tell them? That I would give my answer by the end of the week. Oh, Clovis would take it as an affront if you refused. He's a proud, powerful monarch, ambitious to unite all the Franks under one ruler. But he's pagan. Yes, but he's not unfriendly to the church. He'll not insist you give up your faith for his. Father... Are you asking me to consent to this marriage? The marriage would bring a powerful protector to the Burgundians. Oh, if he were only Christian, I'd not hesitate. I wouldn't let that stand in the way. Oh, Father, how can you say such a thing? Clovis has a keen, practical mind. With a better knowledge of Christianity, he might accept it. Bishop. Yes, my child? Can a man who's been pagan all his life be converted? Clovis is young. Don't forget, before the missionaries came, all the Franks were pagan. My father was pagan, but in his old age accepted Christ. And before Christ, all were unbelievers or pagan. My child Clovis is not hostile to the church, as are some of the other monarchs. And as your father says, many devout Christians were at one time pagan. Then you advise the marriage? I do. Not only for your own sake, but for the sake of Clovis, for the sake of the church, and for the future of Europe. 
You frighten me with so much responsibility. You can exert a great influence for good. If by your faith, example, and teaching, you could convince Clovis of the truth, he would accept it. If he becomes Christian, eventually the entire Frankish kingdom will follow. Under such powerful protection, the enemies of the church would be helpless. Then I shall marry Clovis. But I'll do everything in my power to convert him. We'd been married for some months when I realized there'd been some opposition to Clovis's marrying a Christian. From one of my ladies-in-waiting, I learned that the most strenuous opposition had come from Auric, mayor of the palace. What is it, Auric? You don't seem overjoyed that my queen will bear an heir in a few months. Sire, you will remember I was against your union to a Christian from the beginning. I have not forgotten, Auric. You made a long speech in which you paid great tribute to her beauty but fear that she would use it to influence me and try to convince me I should adopt her religion. Can you deny, sire, that she's spoken to you about your religion? I do not deny it. Religion is a favorite topic of discussion between us. I find it most interesting. Sire, you may not realize it, but she has already influenced you. In what way has she influenced me? Your dress, for one thing. Another, the way the meals are served. Selection of servants. It's true. I no longer wear my ordinary garments when I sit down at the table. But you must admit the meals are better, and there's less commotion and shouting, and the servants are better trained. And our hunger must wait at each meal over which she presides until she mutters a few words to herself. That's just a little prayer for a blessing on the food about to be eaten, and thanking her God after it, according to the example of the one she calls Christ. Why doesn't she ask Donar to bless the food? Have we ever done that, Ori? I admit we haven't. Then at the next meal, you may thank your God for the food... And the queen can thank her. Oh, sire, you dismiss this lightly. I don't like the changes that have taken place. If the queen likes these little ceremonies, why should I object? They do no harm. But they are changes, sire. What's outward and little now may be the sign of inward and more significant changes in heart and mind. Auric, have no fear. You can tell the chiefs their king is not forsaking his ancestral gods to run after a new one. Well, I'm glad for your assurance, sire. And I am relieved. And this is for your ears alone. Though I love my wife and tolerate her religion, does not mean that I have abdicated my throne to her. Clovis, you remember the passage I read to you the other night about baptism? Yes, something about water and the spirit? Yes. Christ said, unless a man be born again of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I've no doubt this Jesus was very influential. Otherwise, so many would not believe in him. Couldn't it be so many believe because they know in their hearts he spoke the truth? If numbers constitute proof, more people in Franklin believe in Donar than in your Jesus. (laughs) You've just destroyed your own argument in trying to prove mine unsound. Oh, how so? If numbers don't constitute proof, then the fact that more people believe in Donar than in Christ doesn't mean Donar is the true God. (laughs) You have me there, Clotilda. You are right, too, Clovis. Numbers mean nothing. As Christ said, a man will be known by his deeds. That is the final proof. And when you consider what Christ did when he lived and when he died... Clotilda. Yes? When we married... I did not ask you to 
Give up your religion and accept mine. For that, I'm forever in your debt. Do not insist I accept your religion. You are my lord on earth. I cannot insist you do anything. But you would like it very much if I were Christian. For your sake, Clover. Yes, you believe I am a lost soul. Well, I believe that in order to be saved, one must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Lately, when we discuss religion, you always bring up this baptism. Why? Because our child will be born in a few months. And if he is a boy, he shall be called Ingevere. Oh, Clovis, would you grant me one request? What is it? Let our child be baptized. My firstborn? Perhaps a son, my heir? Our people would expect him to undergo the customary rites. Well, baptism would mean nothing to them. It means everything to me. Well, why is it so vital? Well, as I told you, baptism takes away man's original sin. It gives the soul the new life of sanctifying grace. He who receives it can receive the other sacraments. What you are saying is that it is important to the child. But why is it so important to you? Because... If I neglect the baptism, I am guilty of a mortal sin. When would this ceremony take place? As soon as possible, after birth. Very well, then. If it means so much to you, I will permit it. Son of Clovis and Clotilda... I baptize thee, Ingomir, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It was a joyous, hopeful moment for me to see our son baptized. Although Clovis had rejected all my arguments and pleas regarding Christianity, a new hope was born in me that through our son... Clovis would be led to the faith. And then all my dreams and hopes were shattered. Clovis was fond of hunting, and this day we had left the palace early. Late that afternoon, the mayor of the palace galloped to the camp and drew Clovis aside. From their manner, I knew something serious had come up, and in a moment, Clovis signaled for me to join them. Auric has just brought sad news. What? It's Ingamir. We must oh. return at once. Ingamir. Has he taken ill? Our son is dead. Oh, Clovis, I shouldn't have left him. It would have made no difference. The nurse and the doctor did all they could. He had a slight cold the morning we left. I, I should have stayed. But the nurse said it was nothing to worry about. But then there was fever around noon, and and then he just cried a little and went to sleep forever. I am to blame. No, no, don't say that. If he had been consecrated in the name of my gods, he would have lived. Baptized in the name of yours, he died. God took him from Is us. Is this your Christian God? This God of mercy who takes my air? Stop, stop it. I should never have listened to you. This is my punishment. Donar is angry with me. Thank God you did listen. Our child was cleansed of sin. He will see God. How do you know these things? Oh, please, Clovis. Please. You're so sure your God is right and just and merciful. Then why did this happen? You come to me in my hour of grief and pierce me with questions for which no man has the answers. Punishment. Yes, 
It could be your punishment for denying your creator, the one true God, and worshipping your pagan images. In your grief and anger, you demand that I explain the ways of God. I'm not God's interpreter. I am his servant. I don't question. It was God's will our child be taken from us. And neither you nor all the pagan gods of Franklin could have saved him. <laughs> now go. Leave me alone. For a long time after the death of Ingemir, we did not mention religion. The child in whom I had placed great hope for Clovis's salvation now walked as a ghost between us. When I knew I was to bear a second child, I was given the courage to tell Clovis and to plead again for its baptism. I am against it, Clotilda. Yet, I hesitate to flatly forbid the ceremony, knowing how much it means to you. If I didn't use every means possible to save a child's soul, I would be guilty. It always comes to that, no matter what I say. I can foresee the day will come and one of us will have to give way. And either you give up your Christianity, or I must give in to you. No. No, you must never give in to me. I would feel I had betrayed you if, for my sake, you renounced your religion. It would be a shallow thing, not worthy of you, if you accepted Christ to make me happy. Well said, dearest Clotilda. If I have seemed indifferent to your faith, it is because religion is not a garment changed to fit the weather. Many times in battle I have invoked Donar to my cause, and never has he failed me. I'll say no more about conversion, but I shall pray God to lead you the way to his truth. This I can promise. Should the day come when your God is proved supreme over Donar, I will kneel to him. That day will come. You've changed. You no longer seem impatient to have me accept your God. Ingomir's death taught me patience. I am content to wait for God's own time and hand to reveal his truth. Ingomir, our first child. I was bitter that day. That day must be forgotten and forgiven. We both said harsh things to each other. Yes, and I am truly sorry. I know now that Ingomir had the sickness from which many children died at that time. It was not baptism that caused his death. I ask forgiveness for the pain I caused you at that time. I forgave you long ago, Clovis. Then let the book be closed. And in a few months, you will have an heir. You won't change your mind about the baptism. I can't change what Christ has ordained. Because of what happened to Ingemir, I, I'm afraid to, to risk but it. But you just said the baptism was not the cause of his illness. Yes, but one can never be sure. I will leave it to you, Clotilda. If you wish the child baptized, so be it. And may whatever God controls our destiny, let this child be strong and healthy and live. Son of Clovis and Clotilda, I baptize thee, Clodomir, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Clodomir appeared strong and healthy for several weeks. But then there was difficulty with the feeding, and he did not gain weight. 
I was terrified when I realized he was seriously ill. And foolishly, I tried to hide this from Clovis. But such secrets cannot be kept. How is the young prince today, sire? I hope he has a turn for the better. A turn for the better? What do you mean? You put the question as though he were at death's door. Well, I understand the boy is quite ill. Who told you that? The nurses. The nurses? No one has said anything to me. I assume the queen had told you of the boy's condition. A slight indigestion that will pass, she said. Now, evidently, the queen didn't want to worry you, or, or the nurses were alarmed over nothing. Find the queen and send her to me at once. You sent for me? Why have you lied to me about Clodomir's illness? I am busy with affairs. I rely on you to watch over him. He is sick unto death. And you have told me it was only a mild indigestion. My lord, I feared your anger. I pray constantly for his recovery. And I believe God has answered. And the boy has passed through his crisis. I have just looked at him. I have questioned the nurses. My boy is between life and death and could go at any moment. Oh, yesterday, yesterday the nurse said he would not live out the day. I beg God, if it was his will, Clodomir, die. He'd take him quickly. Today our boy lives. He will live. No, he will die. It could not be otherwise. He will go as his brother did through having been baptized in the name of your Christ. You believe he will die. I believe he will live. My Lord, put my faith and trust in Christ to the test. One son dead. Another dying. What more do we need of tests? Then listen to what I say, so that a future time will not dim your memory. In the solitude of my room, I shall cry out to my Christ to save our boy, to make him well and strong. And in Christ's name, it will be done. And when this has been done, you, my Lord, will bear witness to the mercy of my God and to my faith in him. A week ago, the child lingered between life and death. And now he is out of his crib, and he is starting to crawl. See, even with the sacrifices we made to Tonar, no one expected him to live. Well, except... Uh... Go on, Auric. Say what you started to say. Except the queen, my lord. She was so sure the boy would live. She challenged me to put her faith to the test. And in my anger, I turned her aside. What test was this? That her God would save the boy. And what answer can I make when she reminds me of it? Can I deny her prayers had nothing to do with the cure? Can I deny the power of her God when before she asked his help, the child was almost dead? It must be denied. This cure has caused questioning, especially among the women of the palace. They regard it in the nature of a miracle. They're inclined to look with favor upon the queen's religion. She proved me wrong. I am in a very weak position. It may be hard to disprove the claim of the queen, but you can be clouded. How? Well, in two ways. She was unable to save your first son. But more to the point, a great many sacrifices were made to Donar on behalf of your second son. And so, who can say it was not Donar who granted the cure? Precisely. Clovis, 
You've been silent for five minutes just looking at our boy. But I know you came to say something to me. I feel after what's happened that you expect me to believe as you do. But I can't truly say I do. Wait until you can speak with truth. That may be a long time. I shall pray for you and wait. But I am impatient. I cannot rest until I know whether Donar or your Christ is supreme. Not so loud, Clovis. You'll wake the child. I'd better go. You're not going to remind me I refuse to submit to your test? No, Clovis. You're on the road to Christianity, and I can do no more. Why do you say that? If you're in doubt about which God is supreme, there can be only one outcome. A toast to my son, Clodomir, the next king of the Franks. My lord, my lord, silence, silence. What is it, Oric? Word has just come. The Alemanni are crossing the Rhine. Oric, send out a scouting party to determine their strength. Send word to the Burgundians to rally their forces. Bring me my sword and my armor. Chase! Gather your men! And await my orders to the Rhine! Death to the Alemanni! Farewell, Clotilda. Watch over our son until I return. You will win, my beloved. I must, or the Franks will be slaves. My lord, to be victorious, invoke the God of the Christians. If you call on him in confidence, nothing can resist you. We're too late, my lord. The enemy has put all their warriors across the Rhine. Tell the chiefs to make their sacrifices to Donar and be ready for battle in an hour. To the attack! Take that hill to the right! The enemy are there ahead of us. They're swinging around in the dark. We're almost surrounded. If they get in back of us, we are lost. It's too dark to know their strength in that. All we know is that some forces are there. The situation is desperate, my lord. The men fear to advance lest they're attacked from the rear. Oh, Christ! Whom Clotilda invokes the son of a living God, I implore thy help. My lord, you desert Donar. Silence! I called upon my gods and they have no power. Oh, Christian God, I believe in thee. I implore thee. Deliver me from my enemies. Deliver me from my enemies. And I will be baptized in thy name. My lord, did you see by the flash of lightning? What is it? Wait for the next flash. Look to the enemy's right. There. They weaken their right flank to send men to surround us. I order an attack on their flank. Oh, no, no. No, take a small force. Faint an attack to their right flank. They will move men from their center to meet the attack. I will attack their center then with full force. Hurry! There's no time to lose! My lord. Clovis has vanquished the Alamanni. But you, Clotilda, have triumphed over Clovis. What? I... I invoked your God and promised him I would be baptized in his name if he delivered me from my enemy. Then to the God of hosts is the glory of both these triumphs due. 
Clotilde, I am not so sure the people and the warriors will be willing to forsake their gods. Assemble them. Talk to them. Yes. Yes, I shall do so at once. Silence! The king! My people, I come before you. Ori, what is this? They refuse to listen to me. They know of the miracle at the Rhine. They are with you, Clovis. I am authorized to speak for them. We abjure mortal gods. Are ready to follow the immortal god whom the bishop preaches. To strike the senses of barbarous Franks and to impress their minds for their baptism, I had the streets from the palace to the church adorned with hangings and the baptistery lighted with candles and scented with incense. The catechumens marched in procession carrying crosses and singing the litany. The bishop conducted Clovis by the hand, and I followed them, and after me, the people. At the front, the bishop turned to Clovis. Humble thyself, Frankish king, and burn what you have worshipped, and worship what you have burned. I baptize thee, Clovis, king of the Franks, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart and bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS, We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.